Welcome to All Things with Melanie Hart. This is a little session that I have some notes in front of me. I'm sitting here. It's the afternoon. I don't have a client right now. I have my Bible on the desk. I have some notes on my desk. And I have not written out per se what I'm going to say kind of word for word. Um, but I, I, I want to try this. I'm going to challenge myself and, uh, and see if I can do this. It would be so much better if I was in front of you and I could see you. Um, but I just thought that I would explain um, through this podcast the uh, idea behind the name All Things with Melanie Hart and why the three exclamation, I can never say that word, exclamation marks. Um, why the three of them? Because the answer, I guess, is that in the last uh, little while, in the last you know couple of years, as I started to be in the word more and more, that's the phrase that jumped out at me. And of course, one of my very, very, very favorite verses and dear verses in the Bible that maybe I'll talk about another time is Romans 11:36. for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory. Amen. It's this beautiful kind of doxology at the end of Romans chapter 11 that, that Paul writes. It's like he breaks into song. And so um, I guess that phrase became more and more precious to me. Um, here's another one. Uh, Romans, was it, 828 for um, God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called to his purpose. We always need to kind of make sure we have that caveat at the the, the second part of that verse that's included for context. Uh, and there's even more context around those verses. And I'll talk about that another time. But all things is throughout the scripture, especially in the New Testament and especially throughout the epistles. So I did come across 2 Peter 1 verse 3, which is, I would say, one of the top, if I had to choose top 10 verses for theme verses for counseling, this would be either at the top or near the top. And 2 Peter 1 verse 3, so grab your Bible. Um, if you're visual like me um, and uh, an oral learner, I love to actually have the, the kind of the script or the scripture in front of me at the same time I'm listening. So grab your Bible, grab a pen. If you're a note taker, I kind of have a fun, some fun notes with this. Um, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, uh, this is the ESV version, by the way. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Now, I just want to explore this verse with you on a number of levels. I want to talk about this verse in the sense of the layers that as you spend time in the word and as you learn the context around it and as the Holy Spirit, like a big searchlight, um, brings things to mind. Um, one of the things I love about the Bible is that it's self-authenticating. So one, you know, one part of scripture backs up another, and then you start to link things and you start to see things and you start to see things, you know, deeper and wider. And 
we usually just put our toe in the ocean of most of the things and um, most most books, most verses, most chapters, most stories, but um, I really like to um, dive a little deeper. And so that's kind of the progression of this verse for me. It's, uh, you know, I dip my toe in it and actually I, I jumped right into the water right away in this verse because I, I just loved it. It made sense to me as a biblical counselor for his divine power has granted to us all things for life and godliness all things for life and godliness and in my new kind of newfound um, love of reformed theology uh, and that is just really an emphasis on the authority of the scriptures for all things for life and godliness uh, biblical counseling um, you know that we can look to the counsel of God uh, and really understanding that and the the sovereignty of God um, I just loved this verse and so it it just started to grow on me but what's really cool is I don't know if it's weeks or months later it's a bit of a blur because I've been journaling and taking notes for a while um, I saw something different and I'll wait until mid verse to to share that with you but so here, I'm, I'm gonna try this on too. So this is, this is something I did this morning kind of as an exercise. I wrote down the verse, I wrote down word for word, and I'm kind of breaking it down for you to show you how much is in one verse of scripture. Um, it's so much fun, and if you're, if you're creative, um, it's, you know, it is super fun. And then about halfway through this exercise, I kind of got this outline. I saw something in this verse again in a deeper kind of next level that would be a fun, creative way for me to remember it, for me to, uh, to, to teach it and to share it with my clients. So here's the outline. This is so fun. Second Peter 1 verse 3. It has the pow. It has the wow. It has the now. It has the how and it has a bow. So pow, wow, now, how, bow. Okay, so there's kind of the fun part. Um, and that might sound kind of way outside the box, but just bear with me, you'll, you'll see it in the verse too. So here's the pow. His divine power has granted to us. Um, Wow, it's it's got it has that power and it has the power. So his who what what is meant by his God, you know God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the one true God, the God of the Bible. So that's the who of what is going on. His divine, divine, um, otherworldliness, his supernatural, his sovereign. His, his actual nature, actually who he is. This is big girl theology here, ladies. His divine, so his divine power, his power, his all-knowing power, power <clears throat> sorry, power, omniscience, his all-present power, um, his uh, omnipresence, his saving power, his creating power, his resurrecting power, like this power, the same power that he used to, 
you know, speak the universes and, and the world into existence. The same power that created man out of the dust of the ground, the same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave. He was in the grave. He was dead. His body was dead. That power that raises the dead to life. That's the power we're talking about. God's divine power. So that is, that, that's, that's the kind of the, the power train behind this, this verse. Okay, so that's God. So big power here. His divine power has. Now, we often skip over those kind of little three-letter words, but think about has for a minute. Has. His divine power has. He has from eternity past. Eternity past. Uh, God has done this. He is doing this and he will do this. He, he, he has, and the next word is granted. He has granted from eternity past. God has done it. God is doing it. He will do it. So past, present, and future. So his divine power has granted. His divine power has given, gifted, offered, graced us. Um, God's divine power has granted to us. Now let's not skip over the two either. Let's pause and say, who is this to? This is an important question because we often read scripture or rather misread scripture. And it's, it's important to know who scripture is addressing, who God is addressing through his word. Um, because his divine power has not been given to all people but to those who have a saving faith, to those who have confessed Christ as Lord. So who the us is, is believers, the regenerate, the born again, those who have faith, those who have repented and believed. That's faith is two sides of the coin, repentance and belief. His divine power has granted to us all things going to come back to that all things and we may not spend a whole lot of time on the all things but have fun with that in your mind i mean all things means all things all things and so the next few words in the verse explains a little bit more about what all things means so that's the pow that's the power, right? That's the, the driving force behind it is God um, to us believers. So that's what, that's what we've got in God, those of us who are in Christ. Now we've got the wow, because when you look at um, the words for life, this is what I didn't see. See, I was looking as kind of a counselor through the lens of for life and godliness, kind of like, yeah, he's given us everything that we need for life. You know, he's given us his His guidance. He's given us his uh, wisdom. He's given us his knowledge. But then I saw it in a different way. For life. This is a gospel verse, ladies. For life. We, we don't need any of those things if we're still dead in Christ. So 
Do you see the gospel in this verse? His divine power, so his saving power, has granted, has graced us, um, to us, all things. So everything that we need for life, to go from our deadness and our trespasses and sins to life in Christ. That is a wow. Um, I'll break that down a little bit more, and I'm going to be talking more about um, the gospel because the gospel is so robust. I've been studying the gospel for more than a year. The gospel isn't a five-minute presentation. It isn't a four-step spiritual law. It isn't just a you know, a thing that we hear and we pray a magic prayer, walk down an aisle. The, 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 the gospel of God is robust and, um, and millions and millions of words have been written about the gospel. Um, and I just want to really encourage my clients to get the gospel in their bones, get it in the, your bloodstream, preach it to yourself. But right here, for life, for salvation, uh, what do we need to be saved from? We need to be saved from the penalty of sin. Because the penalty of sin, as the Bible says, is death. Um, saved from judgment. Saved from eternal separation from God. Um, for life. For justification. This instant justification that when we are saved... When, when God saves us when, and when we place our faith, so he gives us the gift of faith, we, we place our, our, our trust in him, we place our faith in him through repentance, we are instantly justified. And I'm going to define all of these terms in a more robust way in future episodes. But justification, very simply, is our debt, the debt that we owed to God, the debt that we could not pay, that that bankruptcy, that spiritual bankruptcy, co- comes to zero. That our It's like our bank accounts are brought to zero, but it gets better. It gets better because the instant that we are justified, the instant that we are saved through faith by the grace of God, we are justified and we are declared righteousness. We get not our own righteousness because we have none of our own because Romans says for for none is righteous no not one but we get the righteousness of God um, and we are declared righteous um, we get the robe of Christ's righteousness so our bank accounts get get completely brought to zero with forgiveness so you can think of it that way uh, when we are when we are justified and declared um, righteous by God. And then we get this never ending spending account uh, and we get to be rich in Christ, rich in the righteousness of God, the riches of God. Um, So much more to say about that, but you can kind of think of, of the bank account brought to zero and then just loaded with his righteousness forever. That is in the instant of salvation. We get adopted. I mean, what a gift. We get adopted. We become a child of God because until that happens, we are not much like most of the world think, well, everybody's a child of God. No, that is not what scripture says. You are not a child of God until you are saved, until you are regenerated. 
But when you are, you become a child of God and you join a worldwide family of believers, um, the church. So we get adopted into a new family and we have a heavenly father. Oh, what a gift. Those are all instant at the moment of salvation. And then we also get something that is both instant and progressive, and that's sanctified, sanctification. So we are, are, are sanctified past um, and, and present. And I'll talk again more about that in later episodes. Um, then we are, uh, we have, we can look forward to being glorified. Um, that is when we are, um, when we, when we die, we have eternal life and we will be glorified one day, um, glorified in a new body. We will actually be sinless. I haven't even really spent a whole lot of time even comprehending what that would be but but that's what it will be because we will be in heaven with god um, and we will be made holy uh, in that time we will not be holy 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 as god is holy but we will be made holy in the sense that we are um, with god uh, in his presence and sinless i mean wow that's the wow that's the wow and then there's the now so his divine power has granted to us all things for life and there's an and there ladies and godliness so godliness is the sanctification part um there's so much more to the gospel than just being saved we are not only saved from something Uh, from the wrath of God, from separation, from deadness in our sins, but we're saved to someone. We're saved uh, to have a relationship with God. And this is the part of the gospel that is usually left out. This, This sanctification process, this is where we get to bear new fruit, where we have a new heart and a new mindset and our wills are, are, are bent toward the Lord and we seek to obey God. And when we seek to obey God, another kind of big moment for me is like, yes, uh, obedience is, is not, um, it's not a chore. It's, it's not this duty, but it's actually a delight to obey God. People who are truly saved want to be obedient in every aspect of their life. The gospel changes everything and we begin to change. We are set in a new direction um, and not perfection, but it is at least you're set on a new trajectory. And I have seen that in some of you, my clients, and, um, and it's so exciting to watch you start in a new trajectory with God and in the word and in your walk. Um, Philippians 1.27, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your manner of life, I mean, when you are new in Christ, you are going to have new behaviors, new reactions, the fruit of the Holy Spirit 
are going to be evidenced in your life and you're going to see them in yourself and it, and it is wonderful and what's really cool is when other people start to see them but not that you're doing it for the approval of them but but maybe we can inspire other people and say this is the joy of the lord this is the peace that i have in god when i walk with him speaking of walking Ephesians 4 verse 1, to to walk worthy of the calling. That's sanctification. I mean, you're walking worthy of the calling because we we were called. Um, And I'll I'll, I'll I'll actually get to that in a a few minutes. Um, Yeah, and we still wage war against the flesh, um, but we we, um, put to death sin. We run away from sin. One thing I noticed in, in my own life and in this progressive sanctification that I'm in is when I look back at my sin, I've actually never been so grieved about something. And uh, I hate the sin uh, of my past. I I hate the sin that, that, that I participated in, that I welcomed into my space. It It's almost made me physically nauseous, but it's most certainly made me um, grieve and cry. And that's repentance is to, to, to go from that and change your direction. And, and, um, so sanctification is, um, is toward holiness, right? We're not going to be holy this side of glory, but we can progressively make our way toward holiness. And it's a really exciting, wonderful journey. So, Where are we now? His divine power has granted to us all things for life and godliness. I mean, that is good news. That is pow, that is wow, that is now. Now we get to the how. How do we do that? Because a lot of us, uh, wow, do we ever really try to do this uh, in our own strength. We must know that, that we can do it on the strength of his power. So go back to his divine power. Make, you know, make that the, the power, the, the strength, the courage, that where you get those things from, from him. And he will freely give that to you. Uh, he has granted it to us for all things. You see, this verse is amazing. Um, so how? So the next part of the verse says, through the knowledge of him. So just want you to note, the second Peter um, is very much about the knowledge of God. The first 11 verses mentions knowledge five times. And maybe I'll walk through some later verses with you as well, because it's such an amazing passage. Um, The whole chapter is, the first chapter is amazing. But knowledge is mentioned five times. So we do this through the knowledge so i was just talking about the knowledge of who this is god the knowledge of uh, the divine the knowledge of his power the knowledge of his gift the knowledge of who this is to the knowledge of all things the knowledge of of life of the gospel the knowledge of and godliness our sanctification so we do need knowledge and that's why we need to be in the word and we need to be under good sound teaching, good theology, and, um, and, and sound doctrine, so that we can discern and we can learn through the knowledge of Him. So 
the emphasis that that I mean this could go a number of ways and I have a couple of ideas but through the knowledge of him well not the knowledge of me not not self-knowledge that's why even though a lot of my clients come to counseling probably to discover more about themselves my plan is to point them to the knowledge of God because when you know God, you actually want to know less about yourself and you actually learn so much about yourself, but then it flips. Um, it flips to just wanting to know more about God and it just puts us in perspective. So through the knowledge of Him, not self-knowledge or self-awareness, but through knowing Him. And who's Him? I, I, I think it's Him who called us. That speaks to Jesus. Jesus in uh, John 15. I'm just going to look up. I, I love these verses too. So John 15 verse. Um, well, I'll just I'll read a few verses to you. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. So we, <laughs> we get to be called a friend of God. But here's the... Um, through the knowledge of him who called us. So I'm going to pick out that word called. Verse 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you. I think we get that backwards a lot. I think we think that we choose God. But one major revelation for me in this past couple of years is that God makes the first move because God has to make the first move because I, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. People that are outside of Christ are dead men and women walking because that's what the Bible says, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, dead people can't call out. Dead people can't uh, reach. Dead people can't uh, walk toward something. You're dead. Um, Lazarus was dead in the grave. He didn't call out for Jesus to raise him up. Um, he, he, he could do nothing but stink. That's what dead people can do, stink and rot. And that's how I think about sin. We can, we can stink and we can rot in our sin, but God, which is one of the most beautiful phrases in the Bible. But I digress. John 15 verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So. Uh, another another verse, um, verse 19b, uh, but I chose you out of the world. So, so coming back to our verse, through the knowledge of him who called us. So he, he called us. Um, so, that, so that's the how. Uh, how was through the knowledge of him and through his calling. So now we get to the bow. <laughs> now we get to the bow. Because the end of the verse is to his own glory and excellence. Another phrase that I've learned that I absolutely love that I, I've heard many people say, but I'm going to start saying it, is that um, theology, big theology, leads to doxology. Um, just giving God the glory and, and praise for what he has done. I mean, when you grasp the things in this verse, when you grasp his power, and another thing I, I, I want people to know is you cannot, um, you cannot make God bigger than he is. 
Like our minds could not make that mistake. So go ahead, make him as big and glorious and powerful, I dare you. Uh, make him, make his faithfulness grand, as grand as you can imagine. And I promise you that that won't even be a, a glimpse of his faithfulness or his love. Um, he, he is that big. But what we do often do is we make him small. We make him small. And when we make him small, um, we become very big and our problems become very big in our challenges. But I challenge you just to flip that around. Um, but back to, so so yes, yeah, so when, when we understand these truths in, in this verse, we, when we understand the gospel, what we've been saved from, that leads to doxology, that leads to praise. Um, so the end of that verse is through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Here's what I like to think about um, his glory. Um, I like to think about the attributes of God, which is another uh, series that I'm going to do. Uh, maybe take an attribute and do like a five to 10 minute, a little teaching moment on each one of them. But I like to take the attributes of God and try to kind of sum them all up and say that the uh, totality of every attribute of God um, is how my small mind can begin to comprehend the glory of God. It helps me um, ascribe his glory and describe his glory. So there you are, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. His divine power has granted to us all things for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. May this verse bless you today.